The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk, and always co-host of Loving. Glovey, Glovey, that Glove? Yeah, I'm James. How you doing today? Good. How are you today, Glove? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's 70 degrees. My my youngest child just promoted from the fifth to the sixth grade. So it's a as James called me this morning at six o'clock and reminded me it's a beautiful day. Call me BB, right? BD. BD. Is that what it is, Glove? It's a beautiful day. Can't get can't get no better. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to mention that, that you know, your, your daughter graduated. How did that go today? Oh, well, hey, you know what? When you can get in and get out in less than an hour and a half, it's a beautiful thing. Short and sweet. So you had a beautiful day, too, huh? It's a it's a beautiful day. When I get done with you, I'm going to go go get me some sleep, which is going to make it even more beautiful. Well, Glove, I want to start off with, um, you know, it's, we talked about this and we got tired of it and, now it's back in the news again, you know. My whole get to it, you know. Um, so sign with the Patriots, you know. It's amazing how these quarterbacks have sit out for years. It's better than him. And teams sign him. But you got to look at it, too, that Tebow a little versatile with all the other quarterbacks. Do you agree with that? Yes, I, 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 totally, I totally agree, James. I mean, until somebody gives Tebow a true chance, he's just going to linger. You know, he's like that cold that doesn't go away. It's like, you know, you get that nagging ankle injury. You know, he he proved in college that he's somewhat of a quarterback and a player. He went to Denver, you know, took the team to the playoffs, won, won a playoff game, which Peyton Manning hasn't done in Denver. So until he's given a good chance, he's going to still be there. But as far as versatility, he has the body type to play other positions on the football field, which at some point behind Brady, I'm sure they'll develop him some, but I wouldn't be, you know, surprised to see him uh, playing a little tight end. Well, I mean, you're not the first person that I keep hearing. Everybody keeps saying they give him a chance. But, I mean, if you know he's not a quarterback, that he can't throw the ball, what chance do you to give him? I mean, well, see, people keep saying what he's not. Well, he's not a quarterback. In college, did he not win a national championship playing quarterback? In Denver, did he not win a playoff game against Pittsburgh playing quarterback? So because he's not that prototypical quarterback that most people are used to, they keep saying negative. Remember, for for years and years, blacks couldn't play quarterback in the NFL because they weren't smart enough. They were athletic, but they weren't smart. And then we went to the smaller quarterback because of their athleticism, and what they brought to the game. So if if we've come from A to B and now C is something different than the other two, why not try something different? Well, that's what we're doing. Do you see him actually playing quarterback or tight end, running back? Because you know, uh, I think they put him at blocking back with the Jets on the punt team. and It's like he couldn't even figure out who to block. How could he block somebody at a tight end? Well, you know, the the one thing about that three-ring circus in uh, New York being the Jets and, you know, the ringleader down there being uh, Ryan, you never know what's going to happen. Or, or you know what, he doesn't have the fortitude or the ingenuity like a, 
your coach in New England who's known for taking players that's known for playing certain positions and trying them in other places, you know, to, to bring the puzzle together. So for me, I think given time, given the right coaching, anything's possible. But he has to buy into it as a player. You know, is he is he stuck on being a quarterback? I mean, remember Cordell Stewart, Cordell Stewart was slashed. So is it in his mind and because of his religion, because you got to bring some of that into it as well, is he stuck on saying it's either I'm going to be a quarterback or bust? You know, it's amazing to see how they like to say Gil Belichick kind of control all that media, and he's the best coach to control that. Do you believe that? I mean, you know, Tebo is a big media hype, you know, and I just can't see him not disrupting the team. Can you see that, Glow? Well, you know what? It's like it's like this in 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 any given situation. You know, if you have the right guy leading, you know, being the head coach and the quarterback and things like that. If you have the right puzzle pieces and you can have people forget about their own individuality and buy into the concept or the sake of the team, then it's only, you know, good for the, the team and organization that there's going to be a winning product on the field. And the thing that Belichick is good at doing is, is getting rid of the egos and making them see themselves as one. So, that's what makes him one of the better quarterbacks. I'm not going to say the greatest, but that's what that's what makes him one of the better quarterbacks that's ever been in the league. Is it not what Peyton Manning is? What's that? One of a great leader, you know, on and off the field, like you lead a team, you know, and a ball club, you know. Is it not what they say a quarterback is, should be, you know, because, you know, where I'm going with this is like they talk about Flacco should be a leader now. I don't think so, just because you're paying him all that money. He can't lead like you think Tom Brady can. you agree with that? Well, I mean, to a certain extent, yes. But you got to look, when you look at Peyton, we're, we're looking at a totally different player than the other. You know, and, and, you know, we've had this discussion numerous times, and we've talked on different occasions. I think Peyton's a good quarterback. Great? No, because you're only as great as the players and the personnel around you. Now, Let's look at Brady. Brady's been fortunate enough to be in the same system since he's been in the league. And how many interchangeable parts or pieces have he had? You know what I'm saying? If, if you're pretty much able or allowed to, to work in the same offense for 15 years, it, it should be simple. And, and if you change a puzzle piece here and there and keep your core, how much, you know, are you going to lose? You're only going to get better, and that's what made Brady as successful yeah. as he's been. That's what made Peyton Manning. Think about it. He didn't go to Denver. That was a slouch team. They had a great team already. Now he brings to the table what he is, and it makes for a better recipe. Don't don't think he he's that the, the best quarterback to ever play the game. When look at the product that's on the field around him. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you could have played quarterback at. New England, come on, Glove. Look what Brady had around him. You know what I'm saying? But that's my that's my point with what we're talking about. We're talking about you know great quarterbacks, you know, and 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 people people throw terms around too loose for me. It's like, oh, he's uh, what's the what's the term that they always elite. use in the NFL elite. now? Yeah, elite. oh, he's an elite quarterback. How are you elite when you just barely won one Super Bowl? Well, how are you elite? When you just barely went 500 last year and got put out the first round of the playoffs, what makes you elite? Because you throw multiple yards, but yet those guys are elite. And Philip Rivers, you know, in San Diego, and I'm not a Rivers fan. Don't get me wrong, but I am San Diego, as always. But Rivers throws for yards like that yearly, but he's never put in the elite category. It's always Rodgers, Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. You know, they don't even put Drew's brother in elite, and he has two Super Bowls. You know, Roethlisberger used to get it, but now he doesn't because he hasn't been playing up to par because he's been injured lately. So, for me, they try to sell individuals because that's what generate revenue and things like that for the league. When I don't think they're as hyped or as big as they, they say they are. 
But but if you look at it, Glenn, look at Mike Castle. Remember he came in for Brady got hurt, and look at the record he put up. Went to another team, he couldn't win a game. I mean, if you put into a system where it wins for you, does that make you a great quarterback? You know what I'm saying? But but that's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about system. You know, Brady right. had a system in New England. Peyton Manning had a system in Indianapolis. Roethlisberger had a system in Pittsburgh. Um, the other guy I'm thinking about had, I mean, those are systems. Those are systems which, with interchangeable parts. You pretty much keep the core system together, then all you got to do is pick and choose here. Think about New England. You know, for, for the last couple of years, Welker's been trying to get a, a contract, but yet he's led the league in catches. And so in their mind, we can get rid of Welker, which they did, and find Amendola to more money than what Welker wanted. So they believe it's the system. So now they bring in big fella from Denver, Tebow, excuse me, from New York Jets, Tebow, who has the size of a tight end, and I guarantee you they're selling him on, you know what, you're going you're gonna to get your work at quarterback, but Brady's not going anywhere. But if we could use you somewhere else on this field to better our team – because you're a team guy, then, hey, you need to buy into that, and that might extend your contract and extend your, your shelf life in the league. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and but when it will become to where a quarterback has changed that team and led them, you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, you got to be some point to say, hey, that quarterback did make a, a improvement for this team. That's why they went this far. If we keep using the system, saying the system one got them to the Super Bowl, when do we look and say, hey, you know, that quarterback the one that got them that glove? When do we look at that? Well, well, certain certain quarterbacks are looked at looked upon that way. Being being Peyton Manning, he's looked upon as being that guy. But remember, when when Indy started losing those years after, you know, it wasn't Peyton; it was the system, it was the coaching. It was the personnel. So at some point, sometimes they even make excuses for the downfall of the quarterback that they feel to be in their system. You know, Peyton can never do wrong. He's that guy in the NFL. So it's always those around him not playing up to the level they should be playing at. Or for most of those quarterbacks, when it's a loss, it's the defense who isn't performing at the level. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, we talked about it, and you looked at Trent Differ. Remember, he won the Super Bowl for the Ravens. He did nothing, basically, but not turn the ball over, right? So you can yeah, get quarterbacks say they ain't got to throw 50 touchdowns, and, you know, all you got to do is make a, uh, a mistake for your team, right? Well, I mean, any any in any situation, if, if your uh, turnover ratio is low, but then your production, you know, points scored and things like that, then, of course, you should be in the W column. You know, and it's always interesting how people always make that reference to Baltimore winning with no quarterback. Well, guess what? They had to have somebody on offense throwing the ball and handing off the ball. And and at the end of the day, regardless of what Peyton say, regardless of what Aaron Rodgers say, what Drew Brees say, any of those quarterbacks, that people call elite now, regardless, guess what? Trent Dilfer got one ring. Peyton got one. Rodgers has one. Drew Brees has one. So what makes those guys any more better than Trent Dilfer? Because all of them, at the end of the day, got a Super Bowl victory. Well, Glenn, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about another interesting story in the NFL. And, and, and it's kind of funny, but I know we're going to go with it because I think we talked about it, and all these players are going to be accountable for their actions. So this is James Love and Eric Glove. I want a beautiful day out in San Diego, right, Glove? Yes, sir, 70, 71 degrees. A little, little overcast and hazy, but it's still a little warm. It's warm out. We'll be right back. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past. 
present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, back host from Loving That Sports Talk, and I'm with co-host Willby Glove, Eric Glove. Is that Glove? Yes, sir. I'm here, brother James. I'm I'm here. I'm here, Big D. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to that a little later, you know. <laughs> I didn't call you at 6 o'clock this morning for nothing, right, Glove? You're absolutely right. I got my basketball here. I'm going to take it and go home. <laughs> there you go. Take your ball and go home like you normally do. <laughs> Well, it was kind of funny. I think I called you and told you about this. I seen that your, uh, our buddy Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, went to jail. And it's just amazing how this guy don't get it. You know, I think you know you had another chance when you got to go to New England, then walk out there. Then Miami gave this chance, and that hard Nazi acting fool didn't get arrested, headbutting his wife, and then he go to court, and they've already given him a plea where he get off, he ain't got no jail time and probation. And he slaps his lawyer on the butt, and the judge like, this is not a joke. And then sends him a third day in jail. What's going on with him, Glove? You know, the the one thing, I, you know, I, he has issues, and we don't, you know, want to get into all that because, you know, that's personal on his behalf. But if, if you've known Chad Johnson, over the course of his career, he's what you would call one of those guys that loves to keep his name in the media. And when he's not getting attention from the media, he does things to get attention. Now, I'm not saying what he did with his wife, because if he did touch his wife, that's wrong. You should never hit a woman. I agree. Throw the book at him for that. But the incident that you're talking about where we haven't heard anything from him, so now he's in court, you know, and I'm sure he was, like you say, making a mockery of the court. And so he's going to, you know, give his, his lawyer a tap on the butt like there in a huddle or something, which, which that's the insult to the courtroom. So he should be, you know, thrown in jail, you know, for, for a minimum of, you know, the time that you normally get for, for something in infraction like that. But he just doesn't, he don't get it, you know, and that's the sad part about it. You know, this man is trying to resur- resurrect his career, and yet this is how he acts, you know. So I think, hey, I told you before, I think he's a done deal, and I'll keep saying that he's a done deal. And I, and I, I didn't think of the way you said it about, you know, he was trying to get his, he didn't get his name. You think that's one way him getting his name back to get people to look at him? I mean, I mean, it's the wrong way, but he liked this type of stuff, you know, and I think nobody's been paying attention because we, nobody heard about him since, you know, the one little thing. And now, you know, he go and do this. Is he a, a person like that, that spotlight look? I think, excuse me, and, and, and maybe I don't want to use this in the wrong vernacular, but he's a media whore. He needs attention from the media. He thrives on being in the media. So now that football's done, we know he's not going to get a job on TV commentating because of his personality and whatever else. 
But we never know. He could be setting up for another reality TV show or something post-football now that it's over. But he's just one of those guys that can't keep himself from in front of a camera, or for better words, he's never seen a bad camera. Yeah, but, I mean, we don't get to the point like these guys don't know that hurts them. I mean, you see the one guy, Titus Young, for Detroit, just got out of jail. He's in jail for 27 days. There's some players that have problems that, that really has an issue, and you can look at that and not saying they they not putting it on like Chad or T.O., but, I mean, you put yourself in the media, then the media, they, like we say, they can make you or break you, and then they make up all these things and make you look so horrible. Why put yourself in that position, bro? Well, well, let me let me let me start first because you brought Titus Young in. See, Titus Young is different from Chad, as you said, and T.O. You know, Titus Young got mental issues, totally different. And, you know, if he's not taking his medication, then the outcome is the things that we saw happen to him, being, you know, arrested three times in one week. So that's a mental illness. Hold on, before you start, I want to talk about that. Why don't we? they see this before, Glove? Because you see it after a person's career, you start Shouldn't these be noticed before, Glove, that you, know, you can help these kids? Well, well, well see, here, here it is, and you know it you know it firsthand. They do a background check on these kids. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're getting themselves into when they do a background check. Now, as a, as a, a GM or as a head coach, can I control it? Am I able to keep him from having those outbursts in the community and have him channel or direct all that good energy on the football field. Now, if I think I can do that with Detroit did when they drafted him, then I'll take the risk of doing it. But over a period of time with Detroit, he became a nuisance, a headache. You know what I'm saying? So they let him go. Now the Rams bring him in thinking that, hey, you know what, this kid is athletic when he's on his medication. So let's see if this kid can help us. And you also got to remember there were guys from Boise State on the Rams team. Mm -hmm. But after bringing him in for just a couple of days, they realized, you know, the the outcome or the reward wasn't worth the headache. So they cut him before they even got started. So with the question that you're asking, they know what's going on when they bring these guys in. But the reward is if I can control them and get them to play on the football field, then it's a win for me and I keep my job. But if he has an outburst and he go out and, you know, create mayhem and destruction, I'll deal with that when the time comes. So you saying they know that this person got a mental head case from the get. They know it, but they overlook it, basically. When Dez Bryant went to Dallas, what, two years ago, three years ago? Was it not uh, immediate that his mother was a crackhead and a, a woman of the night and a thief and all the above in and out of jail? And guess what? He was still their number one draft pick, right? Yeah. So they know that his mom was negative, negative socially, and he still went number one. So you're trying to tell me that they don't know that this boy from, uh, or excuse me, this young man from Boise State didn't have mental issues? And then it just all of a sudden popped up once he started playing for Detroit. They knew what they were getting themselves into. And, and most franchise, you got to remember, this is corporate America from a sports standpoint. So these guys know whom they're drafting. They know what they're getting themselves into. That's why certain teams like going to certain schools that they feel are blue-chip schools. You know, that's why teams go to, 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 to Notre Dame and teams like that, SC, you know, UCLA's you know, Alabama's and LSU's, because those are blue-chip schools, and they know what type of athletes they're getting. Now, from a mental social standpoint, that's a whole other level, what they're getting. But they feel if they can channel all that good energy on the football field, the reward is greater than the obvious. Let me ask you this question, though. And, you know, uh, you've been seen San Diego, you've seen other programs. And at Wyoming, I can I sit back and thought we didn't have nobody that was crazy like that, or we would have seen them, right, Glove? Well, we, we, we had we had some 
we had some guys that were suspect, you know, that, that did a few things that, that covered it up pretty good. But as far as, you know, just having some of them guys that was way out, right. you know, we didn't really have we didn't really have those way out mental guys, but we we had a few uh we had a few guys that was you know a, a buckle away from a straight jacket. But what I'm saying, do you think it's these big? I don't know if you say these big name schools that got these blue chippers there. That, that's where if they um, you know what I'm saying? Is that is that the case? You think? Yeah, I, I mean, but you got to look at and, and we've had this conversation n- numerous times and we've talked before. You got to remember. We're from a different era. I'm from a different era than you. You know what I'm saying? Then these guys we got coming now are from two, three different eras. You know, a lot of the guys that you got coming through now, sad to say, for the most part, were chemical babies. You know, their parents were dependent of, of, of something, some type of substance being drugs, alcohol, or something. So now you have a lot of chemically dependent kids that we're seeing now. So that's why you get more, you know, chemicals. And when I, I say chemical, chemicals in the food and things like that, but I'm not just talking alcohol. I'm talking about food and, and things yeah. like that. I don't know, girl, because I think when we came there, well, I mean, we looked up to you guys. So we looked at y'all as a respect. You know what I'm saying? That we didn't want to come in there. And not, you know what I'm saying? No, but you're right. You're right in what you're saying. But I'm saying you look at a lot of these kids now. Think about it. You're from a two-parent household. I'm from a two-parent household. A lot of guys, not to say there wasn't one-parent household and not saying that they don't do well being a single mom or a single dad, but I'm saying from a, from a social, economic, you know, geographic type situation, we grew up with a lot of positives, whereas now, 20 years later, even though the, the chances are greater, but you're having more individuals being raised by individuals being raised by football coaches or basketball coaches or baseball coaches, and that's the only male role model they have in the house is what they see at school or what they see on the street or what they see on TV. It's not that one-on-one contact like when you did something wrong, your dad was there or your mom was there, or when you did something good as well, your mom and dad was there. These kids here... You know, for the most part, that are in their twenties now, and mid twenties, they didn't have that. So you think that's the big problem? Well, I think it's I think it's just interaction. You know, amongst is one of them. You know, but but there's a lot of other you know underlying factors. But you know, when you're talking from a social, economic, you know, and and sports, you know, you have you have the kids up here. And then you have the kids in the middle and the kids at the bottom. And you get more productivity from the kids from the bottom because they're looking at the way out. You know, you already know what you're getting from the kids in the middle. And really the kids up top, you know, you'll get less than 1% because they have other avenues and they're using sports to put on their resume so they can tell people when they become senator whatever else, if they played a team sport when they were 10 or 11 or 12 or 13. Well, you know, Glenn, we got to take another break, but we we come back for a break. Before we get on, wait for our guest uh, I want you to ask this question when we come back break. Is society trying to use sports as a way of keeping our kids out of these trouble? Are they looking for sports to uh, kind of parent them? Is that what I'm, I'm saying I'm right? They look for sports yeah. to parent these kids now that so I want you to answer that when we come back for this break. This is Jane Love and Eric Glove in San Diego. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. 
This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, back with Loving That Sports Talk. And always, glovey glove. You that glove? Yeah, I'm still here, James. How you doing? We still um, here. Beautiful, BD, BD, beautiful day. BD, BD, BD. Well, Glove, I want you to uh, kind of answer that question because it kind of seems like these parents, you know, use the sport to parent these kids nowadays. I mean, sports is is it's kind of outrageous now. You know, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, from from a from a a single mom standpoint. It's looked upon as, hey, you know what? Maybe I could find a mentor or somebody to tutor my 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 son, or I could find a boyfriend, possibly a future husband, possibly a future, you know, someone to be a dad to my child, or you know, if if nothing else, maybe this individual will take it upon himself to see something good in my child and want to, you know, help him and guide him to see that life is better than hanging in the streets, joining a gang, robbing, stealing, doing things like that. You know, the sad part about the, the coaching standpoint, there's only a few of us that I've always coached youth sports. There's only a few of us that want to try to help develop the kids from an educational sports standpoint, you know, and that's a real small or medium. I say up to somewhere 50, 60% of the guys out there are about bettering the kids from a, you know, education Sporting points, you have a bunch of individual men out there that are out there to try to see how many mamas they can hook up with or how many, you know, women they can get on their team. So the sad thing about either, you know, most of it is that the kid is the one that suffers. You know, it's always the kid who suffers. But what sports can do, you know, it could teach a kid, you know, how to deal in the situation of becoming a member of a team and, you know, better themselves, giving them self-esteem and things like that. And it could help them develop into something, either be it high school or who knows, possibly college, and, and therefore go forward. Well, well, we got our guest online, Kenny. Are you there, Kenny? Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Kenny, got me and Eric Glover on the on the show here. What's how you doing, doing, Eric? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, Kenny? Can you, uh, got Kenny Bell. Can you uh, tell us out there real quick what college you played for and what NBA team? Which name? Oh, this is James. Can you tell the listeners out there uh, what college you played for and what NBA team you played for? Give them a little background on you. I played um, at Northern Illinois University for two years. Um, played at the University of Illinois for two years. I played with the Phoenix Sun the Denver Nuggets, the Boston Celtics, and the Golden State Warriors. That's a great resume, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ken, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to bomb, bomb you. You know, me and Glove, we had this little thing. And you know we're going to talk about that Miami Heat. 
uh, I'm gonna talk a little basketball, you know, with you there before we get you out. We wanna talk about what you doing, you know, with the community and what all going on in your low life. Okay, is that good? That's fine. No problem. Kidding. Uh, we talk, you know, what what's your perspective of this Miami Heat and, and Spurs game? I mean, is Miami overmatched now? Well, Miami has finally run into a, what you consider a team that prides itself on defense, prides itself on, you know, running this offense, not turning the ball over, and um, winning games. I mean, Coach Pakovic has been, you know, doing this for years. It's not like it's just all of a sudden, you know, the Spurs are playing the best brand of basketball. You know, the Spurs have been one of the best teams, you know, in the last six or seven years. Uh, you look back over their record, they're always in the top two or top three teams in the West, uh, in the Western Conference as well as the NBA overall. And now Miami is playing a team that prides itself on taking care of the ball, not like Indiana, which averaged 19 turnovers a day. No, I, I, I agree. But the thing I'm telling James, Kenny, is this right here. Uh-huh. When you look at you look at Tony Parker, people can say what they want to say. He's the best point guard in the NBA right now. So that's oh, a plus. So that's a plus for San Antonio. And then you just commented on on Popovich being one of the better coaches. I think by far he's the best coach in the NBA right now because he puts his X's and O's together to match the team that he's playing, not match the players. Now, when you look at Miami. Mm-hmm. You look at Miami, they're one-dimensional. If if they're not getting turnovers and they're missing their jump shots, then it's LeBron James. So I give two pluses to San Antonio against the one that Miami has to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, okay, yeah, you're absolutely right because um, – Coach Popovich says, okay, we're going to make LeBron James and Dwayne Wade into jump shooters. We're going to pack it in. We're not going to give them any fast breaks. Uh, and let's see if they can beat us from the outside. We don't care about their supplementary players that are able to hit, you know, a couple, three points here and there. That's not going to beat us. Okay, and I hope you can sell this argument that me and Glove have. You know, two things, question to you. First is, um, do you really think um, Dwayne Wade is hurt? I mean, if he is, you know, why are they, remain, they making that excuse for them, you know, not winning now or he's not playing? And second thing is, do you think Miami's cocky? You know, I think we're going to decide on that, that they feel that they can turn it on any time and beat a team. Well, see, you know, that's a good question because you can turn it on any time to beat a, a sub-par team, but you can't turn it on and off against a team that is superior as the San Antonio Spurs are. And whether he's hurt or not, you know, that's an excuse they can use. But when you're getting shut down, you're not getting jump shots, you always look for an excuse. And the injury is the easiest thing to say, well, he tweaked his knee, he hurt his knee. Well, you know, San Antonio have been battling injuries the entire season. And, you know, they finally got everyone uh, nearly healthy. I mean, Tony hurt his hamstring the last game. But, uh, you know, Popovich is, you know, crying and complaining, you know, that Tony might not play, Tony's hurt, is going to hurt our offense. As you saw last night when Tony went out, uh, those other guys picked up the pace, hit the open three-pointers, kept the offense flowing. Uh, he's definitely a big part of them. But I guarantee you uh, Popovich is not going to complain about one of his players being hurt when he has a, a bench of, you know, 10 or 11 more players on the bench that are getting paid to do a job. Oh, I totally agree, and that's the, that's the other plus that I add to those other two that I said earlier. Whoever wins this championship series is because when they go to six, seven, and eight, when their second group come in, they either keep the lead or sustain the lead. And last night, we seen San Antonio play over the top off of their bench, mm-hmm. you know. And now what you're seeing with Miami, you know, their core guys. When you see Bosch, you know, who I have a whole other name for. You know, you don't expect him <laughs> from Anderson, but you look at Bosch and you look at Ray Allen, 
they're not doing anything to help the team. If if I was Popovich, which you can see in his game plan, I would I I throw the ball out the box every time at the three point line, as opposed well, to have- LeBron playing with his back to the basket. Why would I have LeBron in the low post when I know nobody can hang, you know, can stick him, and and have a, a boss sitting outside the three point line knowing he's old for sixty six or whatever he is. I'd rather him take those shots. Yeah, and see, that's what uh, Popovich said. He said, Chris Bosh can beat us by the, from the three-point line. We deserve to get beat. There you and go. Th- there it is. You know, I mean, you know, Chris is, Chris is making a lot of money. He's got to contribute. You know, he's got to come to the table to eat as well, and he's not bringing nothing to the table right now. And San Antonio, you know, they, they had a great game plan going into to the series, and I guarantee you they're going to continue to have a great game plan until the Championship is over with and won. Ken, do you see if Miami don't win the championship this year, there's going to be changes? And who do you see being not there next year? Well, you know, uh, when you get exposed, as, they, as Miami has been the uh, last two games, uh, not including the blowout in Miami, uh, you know, people are going to talk. They're going to find that, you know, okay, well, we got the big three. Uh, we won the uh, a championship uh, a year, last year uh, is just not working. You know, we're uh, we're not <clears throat> getting the ball movement. We're not getting, you know, what we expect. And once those big contracts are up, you know, uh, changes have to be made because now you're going to get hit with those luxury taxes. And I don't think Pat Riley and the Heat want to pay that much of a luxury tax, you know, to have three guys and to take you over the luxury tax. Who you not see that? You see uh, LeBron leaving, Dwayne, or Chris Boss, uh, Ray Allen? Well, you know, uh, I would have to say uh, LeBron, I mean, you know, he's his whole coach is back in Cleveland. So that's a sign telling you right there that things are works in Cleveland to come back, to get the king back in Cleveland. You know, as he said when he signed, he never would rule out coming back home. And now it's a perfect opportunity. As you see, Cleveland has set itself up to be in a position to bring – uh, LeBron back home, and uh, you know they they're under the salary cap. They don't have those players making up uh, all that money. So you set yourself up to say, okay, we can bring uh, the king back home, and it won't cost us, uh, over, won't push us over the luxury tax of that. Hey Kenny, I got here's my question, and, and me and me and James are kind of talking about. And, and you're and you've been in the league. Don't you think for the for the status that LeBron is being the MVP, calls himself the king. When you when you see him in in the fourth quarter with five minutes left on the clock, or even when it starts, don't you think he needs to be more of a part of the offense? Shouldn't he take more shots than what he's doing, as opposed to trying to be that unselfish guy? Because Michael Jordan did it. You know, all the great players. When the game is in the fourth quarter, takes the ball in his hand, and it seems to me he's still in that passive mode. But you know he don't want to be stigmatized as a guy that has to have the ball for his team to win in the fourth quarter. I mean, as you say, everyone knew that Michael uh, had to have the ball because he was going to make something happen. You know, same with Magic. You know, Kobe. You know, certain guys have to have the ball. And, you know, LeBron, you know, he hasn't proven that he's that guy that can get those 10 or 12 points you need with three to four minutes in the game to get your team back into the game. He's going to make, he make big plays. You know, he's hit some big shots uh, at games. But as you stated, when that five, uh, five six minutes left in that fourth quarter, uh, he has to be the guy that's going to be dominating and demanding the ball and getting good results. Kenny, uh, yeah, I don't know if you would know this one, but if you, do you feel that you know the way way you feel that um, LeBron's getting out of attention, and that's why he's kind of like, you know, would I say upset about that because that was his team? Do you think it's that? Well, you know what, when you you haven't been playing. The way you, I mean, Dwayne hasn't been playing the way Dwayne uh, can play. Whether that's due to injuries, whether that's due to Bosch and uh, LeBron 
uh, getting uh, more shots or taking shots away from him. You know, it's hard to say, but, you know, you, he still have a job to do, whether, you know, you're upset or whatever. You still are a team. You still have those guys as teammates, and you still have to come on the floor. You know, because that hurt as much as they're saying, why is he even on the floor? Well, no, I totally, I totally agree. But, but, but my my thing, I still say, if he want to have his name mentioned in the same breath as those gentlemen, you just say a, a Magic, a, a Bird, a Michael Jordan, a Kobe, you know, the dominating centers. And that's why I try to tell people, uh, and they don't agree with me there, while the time goes and play with Dwayne, make your own legacy. You give any franchise in the last 20 years that's won super, I mean, one championship, excuse me, they've always had a multitude of more than two players to bring home a championship. So I think at some point, Dwayne realized his skills have been down some, so he's handed over the reins to LeBron. So now it's LeBron's team, he's Batman, and Dwayne is Robin. If you look back at the last series, Prior to that series in Indiana, you didn't really see Dwayne on the court. You didn't notice he was on the court because he wasn't really doing anything. Then toward the end of the Indiana Heat series, Dwayne's game came back a little bit. We don't know if maybe his injury was feeling better or, you know, if he was in the game at that point. But prior to that, the first series, we didn't even know he was playing because his his production was down. Do you, do you think that Dwayne, like, as you said, his, they had to cut Kenny, he'll be back on glove, but you said that Dwayne, you know, is, he's, he's supposed to be the leader. Am I right, Glove? Well, Dwayne was the leader, and you're right. Dwayne, Shaq, I mean, it goes to different players at different times, but Dwayne, if, if Dwayne is as intelligent and smart of a player as he is, then he has to know LeBron came here to take over this team to take us to the promised land again. He's delivered. In three years, they've been to the final three years straight. Now they've won one, you know. So the reason for LeBron coming, we see it. So if if I'm not the high-flying guy that I used to be, in my right mind, I should know, hey, I got this young kid that can dominate the game. Let me sit back, get my money, and let him do what he do. And when he needs me the ball, he'll give it to me. And I'll do what I have to do to make sure we get the win as well. But if I still think years in and knee injuries and all those things, that I can play at that high level that I'm used to playing at when I won my first championship, then whatever medication they're giving me, it's a little too good because I'm not as good as I used to be. So I have to be realistic in my thought process. You there, Kenny? Yep, I'm here. Okay. Well, I know before we get you, I want to ask you, do you think Dwight Howard is going back to the Lakers, or uh, I think he's a bum? <laughs> I don't know what you say, but a guy that big. You know what? Just... You, 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 you brought him over to be a savior uh, and to help get you to that next level. I mean, they barely made the playoff, and, you know, you had the friction between him and Kobe and him and the coach during the year, and whoever knows uh, other players that might have been involved and didn't like it, but, you know, he kind of became a distraction uh, to the organization. So, you know, I don't I don't know if they are bringing back. You know, there are teams out there that's willing to pay, uh, pay him uh, to come over. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the summer goes throughout the NBA. Well, Kenny, my question is, do you think Dwight Howard, is the best big man in the game today. Well, I mean, how, how can he be better than Tim Duncan? So I take that as a no. He's not. Yes. Okay. And I'm not trying to say it like that, but I argue with people all the time that Dwight Howard, he might be in the top five, but he's not a dominating center for, for for him to be in the league as long as he has been. He doesn't bring to the table what a Tim Duncan brings, you know, which is consistency. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency, a lot of wins, uh, not, not complaining, 
a great teammate. And when you put all that together, he's going to come out every single game and put on his hard hat and go to work. And you know what he's going to get you. That double-double, the blocks, he's going to, you know, uh, keep the morale on the team together, keep the team going, uh, and not become a distraction. There you go. Kidding, go out there um, and tell everybody out there what you're doing. You know, I have a KB Hoops uh, youth organization out here in the uh, Aurora Plainfield area with my youth organization that I've had the last 16, 17 years. And uh, it's uh, camps and clinics, uh, what we do as well as AAU travel. And, uh, you know, just getting ready for the national event in in Orlando, the 10th through the the 20th, I mean 10th through the 16th. And then we have a sixth grade uh, national in Virginia, the 16th through the 21st. Uh, so just doing that, getting get prepared for this uh, July coming up for our national events. And also I do counseling clinic uh, for the NBA Retired Players Association as well. How can they get a hold of you when you're in contact with you, Kenny? Uh, they can uh, reach me at the uh, NBA Retired Office. Uh, hit that, which is, has moved to Chicago. So all they have to do is contact the uh, National uh, Retired Players Association in Chicago. And we know you can't bowl, so we ain't going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you, you don't want to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem, James. And uh, we definitely get together once I get back off this uh, from Detroit, and uh, sit down and talk and uh, catch up and uh, get us a game plan going. That sounds good, Kenny. Thanks again, man. All right. Thank you guys hey, for having me on. Hey, thanks for being on, Kenny. All right. Come on, man. Four gloves. We got it in. We got one more minute. Who do you think going to win um, game four? I got the Heat by 10. You got the heat. You know what? I think it's going to be one of those games where the heat come back win because I'm kind of getting what you're saying. The NBA wants this to go to game seven to raise money. So I'm going to go with the heat, but I don't think it'll be about 10. I think that's about like three or four. All right. So, you know, I'll be calling you at 6 in the a.m. morning if they win. I, I I guarantee you I won't be getting that call because you're going you're gonna to take the ball and go home. <laughs> well, thanks again, Glenn, for another great show. Always. Always. Thanks, D. The word motivation. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 